be trading. It is Monday, April 25th. Uh, trading is live. I'm here with my good friend, Jerome Ball. Uh, I want to say right off the rip, we are not financial experts. This is not financial advice, and you should not take financial advice from a podcast. Uh, with that said, Jerome, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, bloody Thursday and Friday. It looks like a small rebound today, but um, we can get into that. Yeah, it's uh, it's appropriate. I'm actually just getting back from Greek Easter with my wife's family. Uh, so for the Greek listeners, we have uh, Christos Anestis, Baklava, Suvlaki. Uh, so... Delicious, man. I've, I've, I've had your wife's uh, baklava. Amazing. It was, it was phenomenal. We uh, we did the roast lamb and the whole nine. Uh, we did the midnight church service with little kids, and that was miraculously not a disaster. So uh, maybe we can get the same kind of miracle in the in the market this week. Yeah, there you go. Did uh, your kids uh, stay awake? They did. Uh, my youngest had that real kind of zombie look on her face at one point. Uh, to, at, at which point my wife gave me the cue of like the next time we sit down, we're walking out of here. <laughs> um, so we in the in the Greek tradition after that church service, you go back and have a big meal. Uh, so we all sat down and ate pasticho, uh, and then went to bed at three thirty in the morning. Woke back up and did it all over again early in the morning. So uh, I am running on fumes at this point, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I very similar to the the market it looks like so uh with that said uh just glancing at my notes here do you want to take us through the uh, short recap of last week Drew? yeah so thursday we had a large market sell-off it was an outside day um for those that don't know an outside day is when the previous uh candle um you break the top and you break the bottom um, currently outside day. And Thursday we saw it um, break out to the high and then boom, uh, sold off Friday, same thing. And that actually made the SPY and the QQQ NASDAQ and the S&P 500 um, outside weeks. And so Monday we opened the pre-market bloody red, um, but it looks like we're starting to rebound, bounce back. Um, tech is just been getting destroyed in the spare market every dip opportunity you buy and it just keeps going yeah it's it's interesting as you talk about this the only thing that i can think about is i wonder how much of the the bull run that we saw you know really in the last couple of years was was driven by tech and growth and you know how how overinflated was the market just based on tech uh, you know, as as we see the the air kind of let out of that as of late. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Um, and especially when interest rates were, uh, you know, low and they're printing money, everybody has money. Uh, you know, sports gambling uh, is no longer a thing during the pandemic and all this extra money, liquidity is going into the stock market. So we definitely had a bubble like with, especially with small tech, uh, like SPACs um, that went public or even any company that went public, I think. There's like 80% of them are below their IPO price is what I, I saw um, not too long ago. Yeah, an insane statistic there that, um, you know, obviously, if you've listened to previous episodes, I, I talk about coin repeatedly. Um, coin is ridiculously below its IPO level at this point. Uh, coin now gaining a little bit on the day. It's up 3%. Um 
but I think Coin IPO'd at oh, how can I not have this up? Uh, somewhere above three hundred, wasn't it? Yeah, it. Uh, I I need to switch over to. Let me go to the weekly chart. So the the week of IPO, its low was, and I'm having trouble with my. Target. I think it was three ten, and then the high that day got up to four twenty nine. That's right. So, you know, when you you put it in that perspective, today we're we're trading in the one thirties, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting perspective when you you think that you know Bitcoin is still hanging around forty thousand. Um, but a lot of the interest has left both markets, both cryptocurrency and the the, the stock market, or at least the IPO market. Um, people are not just gambling on IPOs or, or, you know, taking a leap of faith on IPOs the way that they were in the last year or two. Right. And I, I don't know what the number is, but there's definitely been uh, less IPOs this year. And I think in part because of that reason. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, not to switch up from IPOs, but uh, with in the theme of things changing and things moving in a, a different direction, uh, Netflix has earnings again last week and again drops over 25% on, uh, I don't want to say abysmal earnings because I, I don't think that Netflix earnings, I, obviously they were bad, but I don't know that they were necessarily that bad, but you're, you're seeing people lose faith in, in their ability to grow. Uh, and continue to put up big numbers like Netflix was in in the pandemic era. Yeah, and that that's with uh, uh, then they lost one of their biggest shareholders, Bill Ackman, um, with Pershing Square. Uh, he had bought the dip on the previous quarters. I, I think they dropped down to like in the three fifties. He had bought um, huge position, and next quarter comes around and he dumps it. He sells it for I think a four hundred and thirty million dollar loss. But you know, in his long career, he's He's at the point now where he knows it's best. Just if you got a loser, you got to cut it. And, um, you know, and I think in the past he would have doubled down or said, well, Wall Street's wrong. They don't get it. Um, and at this point, you know, he, he's following uh, price action and having better uh, risk management. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to see. I mean, one, I can't imagine what it feels like to lose 400 to to realize a four hundred and thirty million dollar loss. Um, you know, obviously we, we've all experienced losses in trading, but to, to actually say, all right, I'm going to cut the line and, and go negative for 430 million. Um, but also, you know, with Kathy Wood and Bill Ackman and all these people that are, are having to look at the strategy that was working for them and say, all right, I, I may have to shift gears a little bit. I, I think that's a, a huge difference between the two of them that, um, Kathy Wood, by and large, has has doubled down and continued with the strategy she was on, uh, whereas Bill Ackman is saying, you know, uh, all right, I, I'm, I'm going to tap out on this one and try to find a different avenue. Yeah. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I forget what Bill said, but he said something along the lines of, you know, once your thesis changes, that's when you need to, you know, reevaluate and cut it. And he couldn't see the value in Netflix um, moving forward. Um, he thinks it's still a great management team, but, you know, lost confidence. And I think with Kathy Wood, she has the confidence in the stocks that she picks, but she's battling these macro trends, um, which have just killed her, her portfolio. 
Yeah, and to kind of tie that back to the way that we trade in our trading style, even though you and I differ a little bit and maybe our day-to-day approach, um, you know, we, in our notes here, we put the Bill Ackman admitting that he was, you know, he, he went with the information he had at the time and that, that thesis has changed at this point. And I stole a quote from someone on Twitter, uh, someone named Kerry Palmer, he said, I never want to accept a $100 red day until it's a $1,000 red day. And then I'm like, damn, I wish it was a $100 red day. Um, you know, and he, he finishes it by saying every memorable red day was a forgettable red day. I made much worse. Um, it's so I, true. I think it's such a valuable lesson. Um, you know, all of the worst days that I've had trading were days where I couldn't admit that I was wrong. And just take a small loss when I if the trade went against me. Um, the the worst days I've had were doubling down and and trying to continue the the path that I was on. Yeah. Um, at, do you feel like you still double down, or are you better at just cutting it and starting fresh? I think it it depends on my conviction for the trade. Right. Mm-hmm. I there there are times where um, I think I found something that. Uh, maybe someone else hasn't seen yet, or I have a, a unique viewpoint on something where I'm, I'm comfortable averaging down, or I, I started the trade with the ability to ladder my way into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've gotten a lot better at not just blindly doubling down on things. Um, but uh, emotion gets the best of me at times. There, there are definitely times where, you know, I, I thought I was right, or I, I'm not ready to admit that I was wrong uh, until I make it a, a memorable red day. Yeah, I, I think the toughest challenge that any trader or new trader um, deals with is just the psychology of, okay, let's say I have a stock, I cut cut it for a short loss, um, wasn't quite working, took a little longer than I wanted to play out, but then eventually it plays out just like you imagined. And you're watching on the sidelines thinking, why did I cut it? Um, I should have just stayed in. And then the next stock you trade, you're down for a loss. You're like, well, no, I was right last time. Um, I'll turn around. And then it just keeps getting <laughs> deeper and deeper and deeper. And that $100 loss turns into a $1,000 loss. And you're thinking, why, why didn't I just cut it from the get-go? And then you, you start that cycle again. Um, and I, I've definitely experienced that um, numerous times. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of it on both sides. I'm, I'm guilty of it on you know, not cutting a loser fast enough and, and letting a small loser become a big loser. Um, I'm also guilty of, of taking profits too quickly at times. Um, I, I sent you some screenshots from last week. Uh, I played majority puts on Thursday and Friday last week. I, if, if I played any call options, they were very few and far between. Um, but I had some, uh, some Apple puts and probably some TQQQ puts on Wednesday and Thursday last week that I cut for great profits. I, you know, I, I took several hundred percent winners last week. Um, but the, the Apple puts, especially, I, I sent you a, a screenshot Friday afternoon that showed them at, uh, I, I can't remember, but it was well over 1500%. Um, so, you know, that, that can get in your head also where you're like, man, I, I, I took small money when I, I could have waited for bigger money. What, what's your opinion on that kind of trading action? Yeah, absolutely. I think Thursday and Friday were good examples of days where you would have made more money just buying a put at the open and writing it out to the very end. Um, but that's not what we do. <laughs> we, you know, are always looking at the market and 
honestly, I'd rather just get in and get out, get my profit and be done for the day because I'm very guilty of overtrading. Um, and that's something I want to been trying to get better at. And I feel like I am getting better at um, trading less and trying to do better on sizing. Um, but it's tough when you look at your missed gains when your best bet would have been just doing absolutely nothing. Like, why did I even you know try to trade today? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So uh, a couple things with that one, I, one of the things that I've been experimenting with or, or trying to get better at is buying the number of contracts that I, I plan to start the trade with. Uh, let, let's say I'm buying five contracts of something uh, when when I get to a percentage that I'm comfortable with, say it's, you know, I, I made 50% on the trade, cutting 75% of the contracts and taking those profits, locking those in, um, and then kind of monitoring from there. Maybe I cut the, the second to last contract when I hit 100%. And then that final contract is is just a runner. I can, I can let that go. It's a, a free trade at that point. Um, obviously, that's that's easier said than done. And it it stings when it doesn't work out for you. I, I, <laughs> right? you, I, cut, I, you cut the one for 75% or, you know, and then you realize, Oh shoot, that was my best. <laughs> I should have cut them all at that time. Right. I, I timed the top perfectly. And uh -huh. now that, that free contract that I had is going to expire worthless. Um, but yeah, I, I think that sizing is a big part of it. I think part of it too is, is what your, your motivation is in the market or what your, your style is in the market. Um, talking to my brother-in-law this weekend, he is in finance. It's what he does by trade. And he was saying that he just buys no matter what he he's in it for the long term. Uh, if the day is green, he's buying, if it's red, even better, he's buying and he is in just primarily mutual funds. Um, and I, I thought of you when he was talking to me about that and just how absolutely lame we think that is. Um, but I, you know, ultimately that's, that's where smart money is. He's, he's not trying to actively trade his, his career is what he is actively pursuing. And the, the money that he makes from investing is, is something that's happening in the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I think when we're looking at stocks um, and then you're going to find stocks that you, you fall in love with and that you want to own and, um, and definitely, days where the VIX are above 30, like today, how it opened as a long-term investor, that's a great time to, you know, buy your, your highly convicted uh, companies. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, back to timing where, uh, you know, I, I started getting into investing with crypto, you know, on, on the days where it's bleeding hard, it, it can feel like, all right, this, this may be a, a buying opportunity and, and maybe it is, or maybe you're, you're catching that falling knife on the way down. Um, I, I think it's what makes the, the market so exciting to be a part of is that, you know, no, no matter how good your thesis, no matter how strong your conviction, um, the, the market can turn or continue at, at any time that it wants. It really is just, it, it does come down to psychology and what people, uh, are willing to pay for. Mm -hmm. So do you have your eyes on anything this week with the uh, earnings or any stocks that you like? So uh, one that I am watching this week, I, I'm actually, I have a starter position in is Zim integrated shipping service. Uh, I know how much you love the shipper stocks uh, and, <laughs> and how, how happy you are every time I bring Zim up. 
Um, but Zim uh, at its low was down 10% today. Uh, I'm of the opinion that the shippers are oversold at this point. Uh, we saw JB Hunt beat earnings last week uh, and have a decent week. They, they didn't get wild price action out of that, uh, but they did go green. They've been, uh, they're, they're trading up two and a half percent today. Um, they're currently making an inside week. So we'll, we'll see if, if those, if they start to really rebound from here, but uh, so yeah, I am playing Zim. Uh, what about you? Do you have anything on the watch list or anything from earnings this week? I like to trade tech. So I'm kind of just on the sidelines um, waiting for earnings with Microsoft, Alphabet, um, Facebook. Twitter is going to be interesting. I think they actually report before the bell on Thursday. Uh, let's see. Yeah, before open on Thursday. So uh, as if there wasn't enough volatility or implied volatility rather with Twitter, uh, with everything that's going on with Elon Musk, they, they report earnings this week. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I think this deal needs to get done prior. Um, I mean, obviously, Elon knows what he's buying, but gosh, I can't imagine Twitter having good earnings. And if Elon didn't start a position, this stock would still be in the 30s. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, I mean, obviously, everything dumped last week. You know, I don't think there was anything that was exempt from the sell off Thursday and Friday, uh, at least to some degree. But I noticed that Facebook really broke last week, uh, and I wondered if there's some correlation between Netflix and Facebook. If if people think that you know, look, Netflix did this again, had this giant drop again off of earnings, uh, will will we see a repeat of history with Facebook? Um, so you you have you have Meta rather uh, after close on Wednesday, and then Twitter before open on Thursday. Uh, th- this will be a a very important week for the the social media companies. Yeah. It feels like this earnings season, you need to hit a slam dunk or wall street's not gonna care. Um, They, I mean, look at Tesla. They had a phenomenal quarter and I think they gapped up to a thousand and ninety one and then gave up all those gains. And that was with a phenomenal quarter. And then you have Netflix with 200,000 subscribers loss, which I haven't dug too much into that. I don't know how much of that is from Russia or, or whatnot, but um, Facebook, I think with them going into the metaverse, who knows how much that's going to be worth. And we're paying, a, you know, for advertising social media and now they're switching, you know, they've changed their name. And I, I think Wall Street sees it as, well, how much growth do they have left? Um, and the metaverse, I think, is just your biggest question mark of how much is this going to be worth in the future? And a little people actually use it yeah i think that that's a great comparison between the two between tesla and meta you know obviously with tesla people are paying for future value um not not what tesla is but what tesla will be um i think that that is less of a question mark with tesla as it is for meta Mm -hmm. um interestingly enough as we're recording this i just got the notification that twitter is halted pending news um so very likely Twitter is about to announce that they're, they're being bought by Elon Musk. There goes my put. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with, with that said, can you talk about that? You're, you're still in a short position on Twitter. Yeah. I, did I get this a week or two ago? Um, I didn't think Twitter would accept this deal. I thought that'd just be dumb. And, you know, they had that $70 price target in mind that 
this deal would fall apart. Musk would sell his position and I get back down in the thirties. Um, the, let's see, I'm, I took a small, I only bought one contract, $150, just, uh, something to swing just to see what happens. But, uh, but yeah, I should have cut it this morning was going to, but it gapped down pretty, pretty low. I think it was worth like 50 bucks. Maybe I was like, ah, at this point I'll just expires May 20th. If deal doesn't get done or the earnings tank, you know, maybe sell it then, but I think I'm stuck. Yeah. I, I think that this one is so fascinating. Uh, you know, I took the opinion that Elon Musk wasn't actually serious about this, that this was just a, a game that he was playing. Um, you know, that, that's not a crazy opinion to take with a guy like Elon Musk who enjoys playing games, ironically enough, on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, I'm as surprised as anybody that this deal looks to be going through. We'll, we'll see if the news comes through that it actually did. Yeah, um, and I wonder what this will do to Tesla stock. I know, I think Elon's funding, I think, $21 billion, but I don't know if he needs to, you know, liquidate any shares or where that, where that $21 billion is coming from. And then I think the rest is getting financed. Um, but I'm sure we'll probably hear the details here soon with it being halted. Yeah, and interesting from an investor's perspective, you know, does this take some of Musk's focus away from Tesla and, and shift towards Twitter? Yeah. Uh, man, that, it, it feels like a, a losing bet to me, but, uh, you know, that's why I'm sitting here recording this podcast and Elon Musk is uh, about to buy Twitter. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, that was the one thing I've always liked about Musk and why I was an early investor in Tesla. I was, here, here was a man that was willing to throw his own money into the company um, and not take a salary, just have shares. And it was really just about building this company, um, sleeping in the factory, uh, throwing every penny he had into this, into SpaceX. Um, and to see him to throw like $20 billion into Twitter, I'm thinking, you know, wouldn't he want to put that more, you know, money into Tesla or, you know, something else? But. He seems like he's really passionate about, you know, free speech and thinks this is uh, the platform that needs to stick around. Yeah, I saw an interesting perspective. Uh, someone postulated that this is actually just a personal vendetta for Elon Musk, that he he's so salty with Twitter that he decided to just buy the whole company. Um, I, I think that that's probably short sighted. Um, I don't this isn't the first time in history that we've seen a CEO of a major company try to buy a media company or, or successfully buy a media company. Um, and I'll, I'll have to look this up. I should have looked it up before we recorded the episode, but was it Henry Ford that owned a ton of, of printing presses or am I mixing him up with somebody else? That I am not sure. I'll have to check that out. Maybe we can update that next week. Um, but I, I think that that is, you know, look, it, let's, let's say that this deal is about to go through and Elon Musk is going to own Twitter uh, he has one of the largest platforms in the world now with, you know, an integrated platform to, to advertise for Tesla. Um, I, I don't see a ton of downside to this other than investor opinion. We'll, we'll see how, how the market receives it. Yeah, I, I think, uh, so not sure about the printing press, but I do know Bezos bought the Washington Post. Yeah, obviously, uh, Jeff Bezos with the Washington Post. Um, it's, you know, it, without you when you're a billionaire, <laughs> yeah, you know, w without getting political, regardless of what side of the spectrum you fall on, um, I don't think that there, there are 
I know that there are a lot of people that believe that big money controls the media. Um, I don't know that this feeds into that in the traditional sense of that kind of opinion, but it, it does kind of support it in that way that, you know, if, if you have billions of dollars to spend, you, you can kind of buy the control of the narrative to a degree. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of political and uh, social media, uh, DWAC down 15% off of news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elon acquiring uh, Twitter. You know, uh, DWAC being our, our favorite punching bag. Um, again, regardless of where you fall on politics, their their rollout has been absolutely atrocious. Um, I don't, uh, even for my, my most conservative of friends, I don't know anybody that's really utilizing DWAC as a, as a social media platform. Um, it just seems like they, they had a terrible plan going into it. Yeah, um, I could go on a tangent, but I, I, I won't. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, fast fast forward to 2024 when we have, you know, President Trump part two and DWAC is worth $700 a share. <laughs> um, it, would, it would not be the first time that we have made a, a bad prediction on the podcast. Uh, with, with that said, I, I think you could pretty comfortably take a short position on DWAC at this point. Yeah, yeah, or maybe give it a day for it to rebound and then <laughs> start that short. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking over at the market. A lot of tech is starting to rebound it. I mean, we've been in this bear market, 20% down, but it, it, I don't know, it definitely feels like we're close to this bottom. Yeah, so with with that happening live, I, you know, I'm, I'm watching uh, Bitcoin back up over 40,000, uh, Tesla, uh, kind of lagging behind a bit, but Tesla's still over a thousand, which is you know a, a psych level for for Tesla. Uh, Apple turning green for the day. Um, I'm I'm gonna make my bold prediction for the week here. Um, I'm gonna say that we get a, a heavy relief bounce this week after such a bloody week last week. Uh, I think we stay green for the better part of this week, uh, and then see massive tanking again at the end of the week um the this week starting april 25th so you you think there's more pain to go i hope that i'm wrong um but i i in in my opinion and i I wish i had the chart in front of me i don't but based on the the fib levels i think that we see a retracement to the upside this week uh setting up the the bears to buy cheaper short positions uh only to dump it much further to the downside Mm. yeah yeah you never know um <laughs> what's, what's, I'm, I'm what's your opinion there it, it sounds like you disagree with me a bit no i think you're probably right um i'm just ready for this bear market to be over yeah i again i i hope that it is it, it's funny a, a conversation that we had last week i i talked about uh the the idea of of liquidating some of my crypto position um, mm-hmm. And your your response to that made me laugh when you, you said, I, I'm actually feeling bullish on crypto, given that you're, <laughs> you're considering selling. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's always when you get just beat down over and over and over again. You're like, OK, let me just, you know, cut my loss or take the profits. I've watched so much gains just evaporate. Let me walk away with at least a little something that you sell and then boom, <laughs> there it goes. There it rallies. Yeah, it, it would not be the uh, the first time that I've done something like that. Uh, for full disclosure, I did not liquidate any of my crypto. 
Uh, I don't think that I'm going to. Um, my, my majority position is in Ethereum. Um, I'm still bullish on Ethereum long term. I'm going to I'm going to ride this one out. I'm, I'm so deep in profit at this point that uh, it, it would be foolish to cut it at this point. I, at least I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think when you 10 years from now and you look back on the charts and you see this big dip, you know, in the market and you're like, OK, well, this was peak inflation. You know, like we, so many macro headwinds that, in my opinion, I think this really is a good buying opportunity. It's just it's it's hard when you're buying and it keeps getting lower and lower. And like, what something's got to give. But yeah, and I, I think that's the that's the most important part for for any trader is you know how how much dry powder do I keep on the sidelines, uh, you know, waiting for a buying opportunity, and how much capital do I employ buying at the moment. Um, yeah. you know, if you I didn't have dry powder. <laughs> you know, you, I know some people that just keep buying every day and then they're out of money to buy the dip and. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, with it being, you know, tax season just ended, um, I, I had told you, I, this is the first year, I think maybe in my adult life that I didn't get money back from the fed. I actually owed money this year. Um, I, I, <clears throat> turn in a simple w2 so it, it's pretty common for me to get a, a small return maybe, maybe not anything of size but you know that's that's liquid cash that I, I in the past would have been able to dump into the market uh you know this this year i had to send the government some money so i, I wonder if we are seeing a similar story from a lot of people uh you know we we got a lot of free money in the last couple of years so you you may be right there there may not be a lot of dry powder left yeah, uh, so I'm looking at CNBC, breaking news, Elon Musk to buy Twitter. Outstanding. What uh, does it does it say a sale price? Uh, Twitter board unanimously approves sale to Musk. Um, I have it on mute, so I don't see anything about a price. I don't know if they're talking about a price, but I'm assuming it's at 54.20. Interesting. Yeah, so we'll we'll update on Twitter next week. Um, to, to wrap up earnings for this week, I think we have a really interesting mix this week. You obviously have a lot of tech with Alphabet and Microsoft, uh, PayPal, Meta, Twitter, Roku, Amazon, Apple, um, a, a truly insane earnings week from, from tech. But you also have some other sectors in there that I think. Oh, are sorry, very- Aaron, I hate to interrupt you, but it says Twitter stockholders to get 5420 in cash. 5420 in cash. And there goes my put. <laughs> yeah that that put is that put is toast uh good on you for not having too large of a position in that one right um my i luckily i'm i'm playing calls today i i played lightly because we were traveling for the the first half of the day um but my my calls are pretty green at this point i love it yeah it looks like the market's responding well today uh i just saw dwalk had a big movement after Twitter got halted, which which way did DWAC go? I don't have it pulled up right yeah, now. Yeah, it went from it was down like fifteen percent um, down to like nine percent. Now it's sold off a little more, but yeah, a huge spike. Um, went from thirty four twenty five all the way up to thirty nine fifty within like ten minutes, and now it's back in the just under thirty six. Yeah, it's it's worth noting that uh, the VIX is dropping pretty uh pretty steadily here we're back below 30 
Um, VIX is definitely an indicator that I like to keep an eye on. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for this week. I think that this is going to be a, a volatile week. Uh, there, there are going to be a lot of great opportunities. We'll, we'll see which ones we're able to seize upon. Absolutely. So which uh, earnings this week is your favorite? And uh, maybe we can, we'll leave it on that note. Yeah, I, I'm, man, I'm not sure which ones are the most interesting to me here. Um, if, if I had to pick, I would say Meta. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see, A, how they report, and B, how the market responds to it. Um, I, I think that I'm, I'm hoping that Meta has good earnings and the market responds positively to it. I, I think if Meta dumps again after a, a massive gap down on their last earnings, uh, I think that that would absolutely crush any upward movement we might see this week. Um, a, a second best that I'm I'm interested in. I don't know that I'm excited one way or the other, but uh, actually McDonald's on Thursday um, with McDonald's uh, at least temporarily closing all of their Russian operations. Um, I'm curious to see how that impacted them. Uh, I think they've they've responded well to the the COVID demands that have happened. You know, in the last couple of years, they've they've adapted well. Um, but I, I'm I'm curious to see if and how that that impacts them. Mm-hmm. No, I am too. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see uh, like PayPal and Visa just to see how what spending is like. Um, are consumers still spending money, or are they have they tightened their wallets with inflation? Yeah, it's it's a great point. There there really is a an interesting mix this week. You have heavy tech, uh, you have some food, some some consumer stocks, um, and then. Finishing the week uh, Friday before open with ExxonMobil and Chevron, so we'll we'll get to get a good look at oil earnings. Um, should be an exciting week, man. Absolutely. Well, uh, maybe we can try to get back on Friday and have a recap of these uh, earnings. I, I think that would be phenomenal. Um, so if you if you like what we're doing here, uh, if you want to check out some great charts, uh, check us out at Queen City Trading on Twitter. Um, we will continue to put this content out. Uh, and hopefully continue to get better as we go. I love it, man. Well, you guys have a good week of trading. Yeah, good luck, everybody.